Hello and welcome. My name is Courtney Whitney. I'm a tenacious follower of Jesus, an army wife, and a mother to six precious souls, two of whom came to a special delivery from China. We own a big red van that carts our tribe around. On this podcast, we explore stories of ordinary people living bravely. We're so glad you've joined us for this conversation from the BRV. Right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I have Elizabeth Shaw on the podcast this week. And the fun thing about this podcast is that I'm going to be learning all the things along with all of you. A lot of my guests, I have actually known a lot of their stories and it's been great. I want everybody to know their stories and that's why they've been on the podcast. But Elizabeth, I don't know the story. So this is going to be fun for everybody. (laughs) Um, So Elizabeth, I want you to tell us first, just, you know, introduce yourself name. Obviously I gave that out, but uh, you know, you're married, you have kids, where do you live, et cetera. Just tell me all the things. Okay. So yes, I have um, a wonderful husband named Michael. Um, we're going to celebrate 23 years tomorrow, actually. Is our anniversary. Oh, yay. So, yeah. Um, so exciting weekend for us. Uh, yeah. So we've been um, happily married a very long time. We have uh, two biological kids. Our son is 21 and our older daughter is 17. And then we have a 15-year-old special delivery. I loved that from one of your other yeah. pod- podcasts. Stuff, so I've right? stolen that, yes. Oh, yeah. We're still in um, it. Yeah, for sure. So <laughs> it's beautiful. Um, it. So three children now. Uh, and we live in Louisville, Kentucky. And yeah, that is our situation. So okay. um, Perfect. I always like That's- to share. We, we both work full time. So um, crazy busy around here uh, at any point in time. Um, for a while I was working two jobs, um, because yeah, when I was, when I was 40, um, I felt a calling into children's ministry and, um, I had worked with children at our church really, you know, for probably 10 years. And then, um, God put it on my heart to um, step into a position that was vacated, which was the children's ministry leader. So uh, I moved into that position was just extremely blessed by that opportunity, but with, you know, the three kids and the, you know, my two jobs and his job, we're, you know, pretty, pretty crazy. So, but mm-hmm. awesome family and we make it work. So that's awesome. Good. Okay. Well, uh, you're hopping. <laughs> You've got people that, yeah, you're taken care of and jobs and all the things. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, the reason I wanted Elizabeth on here, uh, shout out to Nathan and Jessica Bohannon, because I'm sure they're listening to this for sure. Um, <laughs> but they're the ones who uh, connected me with Elizabeth. And so that's why I just, I don't know the story. They do, but I don't. So um, so it sounds like, Elizabeth, from what I have been told, that you sort of, whatever, fell into adoption. Like it was kind of like, what? wait, we're doing this? This is a thing? Right. Okay, we're doing this. <laughs> and I mean, I think that's awesome. So what tell us your special delivery story how did your daughter how did this happen tell me yeah it's uh you know looking back on it um I love to say that when you start praying for something you never know how God's going to answer that prayer and so when this young lady came into our lives we were 
praying for her um, from the get-go, just for her to, um, you know, have a different situation for God to kind of remove her from what we thought was a pretty rough situation. And, you know, we just, we didn't know how, but we knew that, that God had a plan for her. And so that plan ended and spoiler, it was, you know, we, we were able to adopt her, which was amazing, but we had Mm -hmm. no idea years ago when we started praying that that's how it would play out. So um, so I go back to uh, 2017 is when our, our story kind of started with, with, um, with our daughter. I'll call her, um, well, it's, it's uh, her name's Danny. I was trying to decide if I should use a different sure. name for her, but, um, but everybody that I think that listens will know her. So, <laughs> sure. so uh, 2017, um, Danny, for the very first time, I think, uh, attended an event at my sister's church at Beachmont Baptist. And uh, Danny lived, it's quite a little walk um, for a 12 year old, um, but she and a friend walked down from um, the apartments where they live to this event. It was a free community event my sister puts on um, at their church. Just about every year um, they've been able to do this and they have free food and they have games and giveaways. And there's usually um, just all kinds of fun stuff for the community to do. It's just an amazing, um, I think they call it the blast. And so Danny and her friend uh, were there and they went through and, and, you know, just kind of met some people and got connected with the church, which is always, you know, a great outcome for these community events. And um, Mm -hmm. so Danny started attending youth group there. And my sister has um, two sons that are involved in the youth group. So she was very involved with the youth as well. Small little group, um, but just an amazing little group of kids and volunteers. And um, so Emily, my sister, got to see Danny every week and uh, really bonded with her and, and noticed that she needed some extra love. You know, she, um, you know, a, a lot of times would be hungry. Um, I think and you could tell she probably, you know, wasn't um, as well nourished as, as maybe she could have been. And, um, you know, my sister being a mom picked up on things like, oh, you know, her clothes probably need washed and that kind of thing. And mm. she just wondered what kind of situation she came from. And so a lot of times after youth group, uh, my sister would drive her home and so she saw where she was living. She was living with her grandmother, um, really sweet woman that I think did her best to really kind of take care of her, but um, just not, not fully able to um, always have, you know, good food in the house and they didn't have a laundromat or anything. So they weren't really able to, you know, keep their clothes clean. And, um, you know, Dana mm-hmm. just didn't have access to everything that she needed. And, um, and the other thing, you know, I got, I think it gets a little personal, but um, her grandmother um, is a smoker. And so she smoked in the apartment. And so poor little Danny, this tiny little girl, um, eventually had developed asthma um, as a result mm. of, of living in that environment. So, um, you know, my sister was never invited in when she would take her home, but just realized that, gosh, that's probably not a great environment for a little girl to be living in. Um, and after a while, we realized it probably wasn't safe either. Um, Danny called called us one weekend and somebody had broken the front window in their house. And so Mm. my sister rushed over to see in their apartment, I should say. So my sister rushed over to see, you know, what she could do um, to make sure they were safe, that nobody was going to get in their house overnight. Um, So just a a lot of um, red flags when we realized, you know, the situation that Danny was living in. So, um, so my sister, so Emily started um, picking up Danny on the weekends and would, would keep her on the weekends and um, she'd bring her clothes over and my sister would do her laundry. And, you know, she was well-fed during that time and uh, she needed new shoes. You know, I would, you know, um, participate in shopping trips and things where we would just try to make sure she had everything that she needed. And 
uh, when school got ready to start, we went shopping for school supplies and got her everything that she needed. And, um, you know, it really became a regular weekend thing where Danny was mm -hmm. hanging out uh, with, with Emily and Emily started calling her, you know, part of the family and Danny started calling her mom. You know, she was just mm -hmm. like, Hey, this is my mom. And just loved being part of that family. And we just already saw Danny really just start to thrive under uh, my sister's care. So um, just really amazing, you know, how God kind of put Danny in her lives through that way. Yeah. Um, so wow. unfortunately, after a while, it was a, a little tricky um, with with Danny and my sister. Uh, we, we found out she was lying about a couple things. And um, I think the big turning point, this was probably after a year of Danny being part of the family, we found out she wasn't going to school. Okay. Um, yeah, so she was seventh grade and um, unfortunately was telling my sister that she was going, you know, Emily mm -hmm. would say, how's had this project turn out? Or did you get the, this homework turned in? And yeah, mom, everything's fine. Everything's going well. And um, unfortunately, like I said, we just learned that was, that was not true when uh, Emily got a call from the school uh, that she you know, they were trying to find where Danny was and this awesome counselor at Danny's school had tracked down my sister on Facebook Wow! wow. <laughs> because my sister was tagging pictures of Danny. And so we were like, well, we don't, you know, we don't have this Emily on record with, you know, Danny's school records, but let's talk to Emily and find out who she is and, and what's going on. And so when Emily heard from the counselor and the counselor said, we can't find Danny. She hasn't been at school. Uh, she's missed 80 days of school by February. Wow. And uh, we've been by her apartment and nobody answers the door and we just want to make sure she's okay. And so mm -hmm. Emily quickly said, yep, she's fine. Let's figure out what's going on. And, um, and then Danny kind of went into hiding. I mean, she knew she'd been caught in a lie. And so she cut off Emily. Uh, we didn't, you know, talk to her, hear from her for a couple of weeks and we're really worried, but, you know, being caught in a lie that big and staying home from school, she was in trouble. I mean, she had to go mm. to court for truancy and, mm. um, you know, just really was, um, I, I think looking back on it, that was a pivotal point that, you know, God had just prearranged that, you know, we need a, some kind of catalyst to, get, get Danny out of that, the situation that she was in and that truancy mm -hmm. really did spark a lot of changes. Okay. Because as a result of that, you know, people had to go in and, and figure out, you know, where is Danny and, and who is this Emily and, and what's going on. So, um, it was probably six months after that, that, um, Danny really felt, you know, she had to get reconnected. She connected with me and she and I got a little bit closer during that time. Um, I picked her up and she had weekends over here. I think where Emily was uh, a little resistant because, you know, Danny had been caught in this lie and Emily just felt so betrayed because Danny yep. wasn't truthful with her. Yep. I was a little more forgiving. And I said, you know, we have to look out for this, <laughs> for this a little girl in our eyes. You right. Know? Um, so anyway, so during that time, Danny and I got closer and, um, and we said, okay, well, how can we, you know, what can we do? I don't want her completely off the hook, but um, we need to we need to help her. We need to get her out of the situation. So um, I do feel like I've been rambling for a little while now. You have not <laughs> been rambling, Elizabeth. Do not ramble. I mean, I shouldn't say do not ramble. You're not rambling. This is a great story. I am riveted. <laughs> I mean, even going, going through it, you know, there were it's just been kind of a mystery that unfolded little by little because there were so many things we didn't know about 
Danny. You know, when you're relying on a teenager to tell you about their lives, um, that's not your best source. Right. <laughs> um, we couldn't figure out where her mother and father, her birth mother and birth father, we, we didn't know where they were. She wouldn't talk about them. You know, we didn't know how she came to live with her grandmother. Um, all we knew was here's this sweet little girl that needs taking care of. And, you know, we were excited to have her in our family. Um, she's just a fun loving social little person when you can get her in the right environment. And so we loved every minute we had with her and, um, you know, didn't push too hard, but it was a big mystery a lot of times. Um, so, uh, so anyway, so fast forward to 2019. So after two years of this, this roller coaster, but really getting to bond with, with Danny, um, we heard from her great grandfather, uh, again, on Facebook. Great grandfather. Great oh my word. I know what's happening um, and you you know you might picture this you know elderly man you know because you think great-grandfather I thought wow yeah. this you know this this man so Tom is his name um was the spunkiest and, and he wasn't even he was he's about 70 I think when we met him just easygoing you know traveling guy the sweetest wife Karen and hmm. um they were so interested in Danny and they had been trying to keep in touch via her grandmother, which was Tom's um, daughter, and mm -hmm. had recently just kind of lost touch with everything going on. They live in Alabama. And, okay. uh, you know, so it was hard for them to figure out what was going on. Finally, they're like, we're coming up. We, we can't figure out what's going on with Danny. We see Emily and Elizabeth, these people, these women that have come out of nowhere that are posting pictures of our daughter right. on Facebook. What's and happening? What, what in the happening? world is going yeah. on? Yeah. Right. <laughs> So, oh uh, so they came up to, to Louisville and we got to meet them. And, you know, again, any image I had of, you know, these, you know, this older, older couple that, you know, great grandparent, no, they were just, you know, it was like talking mm. to my parents and, mm. um, we got together with them and we said, okay, tell us what's going on. Where's, where's Danny's parents and all this. And so we got a little bit more of the mystery uncovered and, you know, as a bonus got this, you know, this new family. Um, mm. so they've just been, just been amazing and, and, you know, have loved on Danny so much. Um, so we all started collectively just praying very specifically that, that God would show us how do we get Danny out of the situation that she's in? Um, because we didn't feel like she was going to be held accountable to go to school. We knew she was not taken care of. Um, you know, she was still suffering with her asthma. She was not as nourished as she needed to be. She didn't have clean clothes and supplies she needed for school. So we just all were praying very specifically that something would happen to get Danny out of the situation. So, um, so finally, um, April, 2019, I said, you know what? I, I don't know any better, but I'm going to send an email, um, to the Kentucky, um, department of health services, the child protective services, whatever the, they have a fun acronym. Yeah. I can never remember. I said, I guess this, like, I just, yeah, DHR, whatever States. it is. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> this, but I know, you know, this well-intended group with the government that could go into her house, see what was going on, and, and hopefully make some changes. So mm. uh, I was connected to our social worker that way, had a great conversation with our social worker, who again said, we've been trying to figure out who can we get in touch with, and how do you all know her? And so we get to tell mm -hmm. the awesome story of how, you know, God used church to, <laughs> to bring us together. And uh, the social worker went in in, in May, uh, May 8th, 2019, social worker went into her apartment, saw what she was dealing with, knew the truancy that was going on and said, we've got to take Danny out of this situation. 
And so um, Danny called me and said, can I come stay with you? Mm-hmm. And I called my sister and I said, what are we doing? <laughs> we, we've been mm-hmm. praying. God is answering. Mm-hmm. And are we ready? What are we, mm-hmm. what are we doing? And we, we looked at um, the situation, you know, where we live. I have an extra, we had an extra bedroom. That was my husband's office. Um, our school, we, you know, Danny had already met a friend that went to the school out here by us. And um, so Emily and I said, well, you know, she can come live with me basically. So I talked to my husband and he was like, why are you doing this? And I said, you know, I just, I love this little girl. We, you know, we can open up our home. I don't know how long she'll be here, but is that okay if she comes and stays with us? And he's like, all right, let's do it. So I went and picked her up. Um, I mean, I just remember that moment and, and that ride in the car, bringing her home and this sweet little girl, she was not afraid. She was not sad. She just trusted that, um, the best thing for her was, was happening. And, um, so, you know, I got to talk with her, I got to pray with her and I said, you come stay with us and we'll figure it out from here. And she had her little suitcase, um, this little suitcase that Tom and Karen, her grandparents had bought for her. She had it packed up with her stuff and she came home with us. And so that was, that was kind of the first, you know, big step that let's, let's get her out of there. Um, and then from there, we talked about options, you know, could she stay with us long-term? Was that going to be ideal? Um, could she go to Emily? Um, and Tom and Karen actually in Alabama, we're aware of a children's, uh, it's a girl's home, actually a girl's ranch, um, where foster children, um, foster girls that needed somewhere to live, came to the ranch, worked on the ranch and were schooled and everything else. And just had this great opportunity, uh, Tallapoosa County ranch, um, to be able to grow up there and be loved. And, and so we felt like, you know, Tom and Karen could take custody of her, then, you know, she could go live on the ranch in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tom picked her up and, and, um, drove 12 hours from Alabama, picked up Danny and, um, took her down for a tour and Danny got to see where she was going to be living and everything. And, uh, they went to the beach. She went to the beach for the first time at Gulf Shores and mm-hmm. um, came home after that. And, um, we thought that's probably what God was calling, you know, um, Tom and Karen to, to take her and, and let her, go and, and live on the ranch. Um, and so we kind of went down that path for a little while. And then I don't remember what prompted the conversation, but when we talked with Danny, she was like, I don't want to go to the ranch. I want to stay with you all. And so that flipped everything on its head. We had to start evaluating things again and praying again. And ultimately we decided that um, we would figure out a way to keep her. Okay. So um, Tom and Karen were comfortable with that. And um, we just decided we would find a way to make that work. And start the process with the courts, you know, so that the Kentucky, um, the judges and all the right people in the cabinet could evaluate the situation and and make sure we were, you know, we weren't foster care approved at that time. We weren't, you know, anybody but strangers, you know, to the, Mm. um, to the, uh, to the government in Kentucky. They didn't know who we were and they had a lot to um, kind of evaluate our situation, but then you know, ultimately they said, okay, let's, uh, let's go down this path with Danny. So, um, wow. so just really, it, again, quite a journey. Um, and the, the other thing I'll say, you know, again, just thinking about, um, all the hurdles that we had to face to get Danny out of the home, to get her into our home. Um, it ultimately, it took us two years to get certified as foster parents. Um, because COVID hit in the middle of everything. And, and, you know, we just, we had so many different delays 
But the only reason we were even able to take her in without being foster care parents, without being certified, was because of a new classification of foster care parents that the state of Kentucky put in place in, I want to say, January of 2019, the same year that we brought her home. They established something called fictive kin foster care. Um, I don't know. Have you heard? Have you heard of? I've heard the kin? term, but I do not know exactly what it means. That's what I, I thought. Like, unless you have really been in the system, most people have no idea what it yeah. is. Yeah, I have heard of fictive kin, but I am. Yeah. So explain what that means, because I don't know exactly what that means. Yeah, it basically means that if there's a child that's taken from a home and there's no immediate family or even extended family that can take the child in, but you're a friend of the family, then you can be appointed fictive kin foster care parents. And so you're able to supposedly fast track your foster care certification and be approved to have this child in your home. And so because we knew Danny, she had asked for us, you know, she called us when she was taken from her home. Um, we were deemed fictive kin and we were able to take her in. And if the state of wow. Kentucky had not passed that, you know, five months before we brought her in, we wouldn't have been able to take her. She would have mm -hmm. had to gone into, you know, a foster home until we could figure right. things out. So again, I just feel like that was such a God thing that, you know, he knew we were going to need that. I'm sure a lot of families have benefited from that. Um, and so having that in place and the timing of her being removed from her home and, and everything just, you know, really aligned very well. So. Well, go state of Kentucky. Cause I think that's brilliant. I mean, yes. like, yeah. man, what, how I, I, well, I'm not shocked that it wasn't in place before then, but I mean, just <laughs> right. because it's the government, so whatever, but um, <clears throat> I think that's great because there are, I've heard of more than one situation where it's been that, you know, like the neighbor is like, what's going on in there or, you know, yeah. whatever. And yeah. they, you know, connect with the child and the child then, you know, it's all, well, similar, not the same story, obviously, as you guys, but I've heard other stories like that. And why in the world then, if the child is like, no, this is a good family for me and they get checked right. out on a peripheral level. Okay, fine. Then let's make that happen. Exactly. <laughs> I don't understand why that's a bad thing. Anyway, exactly um, yeah so anyway but that's great that's excellent I love that 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 happened so you were deemed fictive kin like mm -hmm. kind of off the bat and then you uh like but you were still sort of in process to be quote-unquote foster parents right it was almost like we got pre-approved and there so you go. she came home with it yeah it's like <laughs> it's a, we're a car loan or something but yeah, yeah we're, we were right. pre-approved to take this child. And so she came into our home. Now it was funny because, you know, we went to trial several times. We had to go to court and, and hear mm. all of, all of that, which is always painful. Luckily, Danny never had to go to any of that. Um, but we mm. went to court, um, her grandfather, her great grandfather <laughs> drove up from Alabama every time we went to court 12 hours. I had no idea it was so far until we actually drove it. Um, but wow. he drove up every time to be there to say what's going on, what, you know, how can I, can I talk to the judge? Can I influence anything? Because we just want what's best for her. Um, but every mm -hmm. time we went to court, um, they would say, okay, now her caseworker is going to contact you and we've got to come do a home study and do all this. Mm -hmm. And then we wouldn't hear anything. I mean, she was mm -hmm. in our home for months before mm -hmm. anybody even came to visit us. 
And I thought, oh. wow, they really trust us here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Or they don't have because... enough people. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Holy buckets. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was crazy, but we thought, you know, we were told you're pre-approved. We're going to be expedited. Um, so we went to classes, we did online classes. We talked to so many different people. Um, they wanted her in counseling. So we took her to counseling and this is why I go back to, you know, how we started when I was introducing myself. I'm like, keep in mind, we were, both of us work full time and mm. uh, I had my second job out, out of, you know, mm. out of the church and we're trying to get her to weekly counseling sessions. And mm. so luckily Emily and her husband, Chris would, you know, they would drive out and help, you know, get Danny where she needed to go. And, um, we took her to the dentist, you know, she hadn't been to the dentist. We had to take her to the doctor, you know, and, and all mm. these different things, her asthma cleared up as soon as she got out of the, um, mm. the environment that she was mm. in. Um, but we had to do all of this. It was like having a brand new baby almost. It's yep. like, okay, let's do all the checkups and get her shots. Right. And, um, right. had to disenroll her from her old school and take her to mm. her new school. And, um, oh my goodness, just so many things, um, uh, that all of a sudden hit us, you know, and it was, it was crazy. So it was probably pretty good that we didn't have the government coming in as much. And, you know, her, her caseworker was MIA. We took care of things on our own. Um, well then, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's fine. I mean, yeah. sometimes when the government's involved, a lot of times it's just like, well, this is harder than it needs to be. No but anyway. kidding. Oh my <laughs> anyway, goodness. But I understand. Yeah. I'm whatever. I'm not going to dig on the whole system. I know there's right, problems in it, right. but, um, but yeah, you guys just kind of, I think that's interesting. It made me think of, I mean, we are adoptive parents too. And Evan and Poppy, we adopted from China, obviously a whole different situation. Right, but, right. Um, but I do remember thinking, wow, this is, yeah. I like, I didn't process through all the little appointments and now we have to go to this doctor and that dentist. Yes. And like, just like you said, it's so all those, it is like having a new baby, It um, is it having is. this, all these different things we have to do um little i quote unquote little things but they're just things that have to get done so right yeah amazing so you did all the doctors and dentists and all the counseling and um and then there still was no foster anybody that was coming in no it was so funny by the by the time we finally had somebody in our home it was the old uh her original caseworker supervisor that came in and was so apologetic and she was like, how can we help? Well, you know, do we need to get her enrolled in school? And I thought, it's been six months. Do you think she just hasn't been going to school for six right. months? Give um, me a break, lady. Come on now. Yeah, it was, it was kind of comical. But I thought, oh, it's good to know that, you know, you intended to help. That's great. But right. no, we enrolled her. I mean, I remember I picked her up on a Wednesday or Thursday. I picked her up from school. We disenrolled her, got her paperwork. And then the next day, I took her to Crosby Middle School and got her enrolled and, you know, we did first day pictures of her in her uniform. And I mean, she was smiling ear to ear and she just jumped right in and had perfect attendance through the rest Excellent. of the year. And then she had a counselor there who um, I was like, is she going to pass, you know, seventh grade, she missed 80 days. Is she going to pass? And her counselor was like, here's what we're going to do. She's going to do some online classes. She's going to do this. And so, and boy, she dug in and did great. Mm. And so she was able to pass and move up to eighth grade and, mm. And then I, ha I mean, so many just awesome things that when I look back that I just kind of remember. So she had this amazing art teacher who I, I don't think people really knew her situation other than, Hey, I have a brand new student in May, you know, so we have a month of right. school and I got a brand new right. student. 
Um, but he saw Danny and saw her potential and, and he was a cross country coach and said, Hey, you should come out and run, run cross country with mm. Crosby. And so um, she joined cross country, met some awesome friends and has dug into it and loves it. And uh, mm-hmm. she started doing track in the spring, cross country in the fall. And now in high school, she's still doing track because that one teacher, you know, took the time to invite her to come participate. And it was such a great way for her to get plugged into students and feel like she was part of the school and uh, really be excited. So, um, mm. so I had to give a shout out to that, um, to that. Teacher. I love he that. Was, he was amazing. So yeah. great. I'll tell you great yeah. teachers, man. It's yeah. like, they're, they're incredible. I know. anyway, exactly. they really are. Yeah. Ugh, just, that's good. He, stuff. he was a blessing. So again, great. I look at all these people that God strategically put in Danny's path to ensure that she would be on a good track. And, mm-hmm. you know, looking back on it, it's just, it just gives me goosebumps. But, you know, when you're living in the moment, it's, it's hard to see how it's all coming together. You're just like, oh my goodness, I got to go to another appointment. I've got to drive across town because yeah. you know, her insurance doesn't have any doctors that are close to my house. Mm-hmm. So I got to drive 30 minutes. You know, you're mm-hmm. just, you're struggling with the day to day, but when you're, mm-hmm. when you're done and you can look back on it, you're just like, wow, God really took care of us there. So, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Agreed. That's great. So, um, okay. So then you, well, eventually you obviously finalized this adoption. How did that come about? (laughs) Like, I mean, eventually it was like, no, actually you're legally supposed to be here. So, (laughs) um, yeah. So how did that all play out? You know, it was so funny because we still were not fictive kin certified. So we were still not foster care parents. Oh my word. But, but our caseworker, you know, we, we had had her for, I think 18 months at the point when our caseworker was like, so are you all going to adopt her? And we were like, well, you know, we don't, do we have to, you know, she can just stay with us at this point, you know, she was 15, she's going to be 16 in about a month. You know, we were like, she can stay with us. Everything's going great. Why do we need to, you know, start another process? You haven't mm. finished the first process of appointing mm. us for foster right. care. Why would we start yeah. another process? And it's expensive. Sure. And, you know, and they were like, no, that's just kind of the next logical step for her. It gives her something permanent and, and all this. And we said, okay, well, let's, let's talk to her. You know, does she want to do it? And, and she did, she was like, yeah, I want to do it. And she wanted to change, she wants to change her name. And so we've changed her name, you know, so we said, let's make it mm. official. So we'll start the adoption process. And believe it or not, when we agreed to that, that helped to speed up the foster care certification. They had to finish that before they could move us into the adoption phase. So they put a rush <laughs> on, oh the, on the foster care certification. Oh my, word. oh my goodness. We really got to a point where uh, we had had her for almost two years at this point, and they were waiting on fingerprints. And yeah. we said, great, we're, you know, we'll go right now and, and get fingerprints. And they said, well, there's one place that you can go and it's at the courthouse and they're not, you know, because of COVID they're closed, but they're going to be open in three months. And so we said, so we're basically waiting on fingerprinting. I said, you can go to the UPS store and get fingerprinted. And I said, we're both TSA pre, pre-check approved. Like they have our fingerprints and background checks and, you know, Every time we've seized, they have it on record. You can't go look at any of that. Like it's all part of the government, you you know, and uh, they're like, nope, we have to have it done this way. And so our, um, I think between our foster care caseworker and our adoption caseworker, they got together and escalated and got us an exception. So we didn't have to do the fingerprints. And they said, okay, we finally got you approved. I think we were approved on a Wednesday. And then on a Thursday, they said, great, we can move you to the adoption phase and uh, we'll call you with a court date. We were like, what? That's 
that's it. They were, I guess, running parallel um, to get us ready for the adoption while they were still finishing up our foster care piece. Hmm. So um, we get a call and we get a date and then it was like, let's, you know, go to court. Everything's over Zoom, but you'll Zoom in and it'll be official. And so we finally had a date uh, in July, just, you know, about two months ago. And of course, we'd had a vacation planned for the longest time. <laughs> and it was a couple vacation, you know, as my husband and I were um, in Boston and uh, the kids were at home. So um, Emily kept Danny and we all zoomed in. So Danny is with Emily zoomed in and um, my husband and I were in our hotel room in Boston, you know, on Zoom. Everybody's, um, you know, gathered around of the course. computer for this momentous event. You know, you just, you picture the adoption, you know, where you're all together and you get these awesome family pictures. Everybody's all dressed up. You go before the judge. And, you know, so I like had this image in my head of that's how it was all going to play out. But no, here we all are on Zoom. We're not even in the same state when uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's all official. Um, but it was wow. awesome. We had you know, her, uh, her youth minister dialed in with his wife and then her former youth minister. She's had some amazing youth minister, Nate and, uh, Nathan Bohanna was her first youth minister. That's how we mm-hmm. came to know Nathan and, and Jessica. And, um, so anyway, so we've got all these, you know, people in her, her best friend and, and our close friends of Seacrest were on zoom. So we had about nine people. I mean, it was a nice, you know, group of people gathered together, mm-hmm. got to see other smiling faces and, you know, the judge and her guardian had lied them and, they're like, these are the best cases. We love when it turns out like this. So here's this 15 year old getting adopted. And, um, and here we've, you know, all been in her life and, and praying for her since she was 11, you know? Mm. Um, so quite a journey to get her where she was ultimately meant to be, but, um, but just absolutely amazing. Wow. Oh my word. I'm so excited. (laughs) You told us all that's just, that's a, that's a lot. Yeah, I know. Um, I know. I look back it, on it. And it's like all these, all these things that had to happen. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think it, I don't know. I feel like that just points to God's sovereignty. And, you know, I don't yes. know, I guess I'm kind of tying it into, I recently was listening to a sermon about just, um, you know, he, he goes after the one. You know, he, you know, God goes after the one. And I I think like you guys kind of were that picture of Jesus, you know, or that, uh, you know, you went after the one and that, that to me, it just makes like, it's a, it's the coolest picture of God being personal and, and, and like coming after us. So anyway, I just, oh, that's like the coolest thing. Yeah. That's, that's such a great, yeah. I hadn't made, I hadn't thought about that. Um, in the context of that story before, but absolutely the, the yeah. one, I mean, the I hope one. we're not putting too much pressure on her, but ev- everybody says, boy, God's got big plans for you because look at what he did to get you out yeah. of that situation. Yeah. It's like no yeah. pressure, but we're expecting you to, you know, solve yeah. world hunger when you grow up, Danny, yeah. because <laughs> <laughs> just so you know, you just, got yeah, no, no pressure though. Here. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I know. It is funny when you, I mean, my kids have, you know, whatever I've heard that about, Oh, well, ma'am. And I'm like, well, I mean, maybe, I don't know. What God <laughs> but, um, but at the same time, it, I just think it's such a beautiful picture of like, um, I don't know, God's love for, you know, his people and how he, he just goes after one, the one matters, you know? That's right. Um, yeah. So that's good stuff. Oh, so good. Um, well, you have, 
uh, just to kind of switch just a couple questions here, you know, where yeah. your bio kids, you know, how were they reacting when all of this was happening? Because they were older than her. Am right. I correct? Right. Okay. Yeah. But they were still in your home when all this was happening. So my son has, was at college. So, oh, he, okay. Yeah. So he knew Danny, he, you know, he'd be home to visit and we'd have game night and stuff. And, you know, he's like, oh, another little sister. Great. So they've gotten along great <laughs> right out of the gate. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. Um, yeah. So, and she loves that, you know, it's, uh, she, she just, she does so well with, um, um, with siblings, you know, she had my nephews for the longest time, which are right about her age. You know, they just got along great when she was living with them. Um, with my sister on the weekends. And um, so she loves having siblings around. So they got along great. Um, my, my other daughter, um, I think she saw a lot of this from a distance. You know, she kind of saw what was going on. She realized um, how much we were doing to take her where she needed to be and all that. And she knew that at some point, Danny might have to go into a foster care home. And we thought it would be the ranch. Um, mm. And so even though she was, she was keeping herself distant, you know, she wasn't trying to be a loving big sister or anything like that. She just kind of was dealing with her own thing, you know, 15, mm. 16 year old girl. Yeah. Um, but, but one evening after I think we'd had a kind of a rough day, she said, mom, we're going to keep her right. You know, mm. I mean, you could just tell she was, she, she's not a really emotional, you know, doesn't share her emotions a whole lot, especially when it's, you know, something yep. that makes her seem kind of vulnerable, but she was like, mm. I, you know, I'm worried about her. Are we going to keep her? And I said, yeah, sweetie, we're trying to figure out what to do. If we can keep her, we'll keep her. Would that be okay? And she said, yes, we need to, we need to keep her. So that was about as invested as my, my older daughter got. Um, and yeah. now, you know, they ride to school together every day and, you know, they're, um, they're getting along great, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's different. You know, when your kids are, are older, they just have a totally different perspective. It's not, yay, a new playmate. It's like, oh, somebody else to, you know, right. <laughs> you know, to, to be around, but yes, yes. But I like that you shared that because I, I mean, I, we have six kids and so are, you know, a million different personalities, it feels like. And, um, but my, my older kids that are sort of, you know, I don't, I call them thinkers, you know, they don't show, it sounds like your, you know, your middle daughter who's like, you know, processing things, yes. but not necessarily showing emotional, whatever. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, I have a couple like that too. And, you know, they have shocked the facts off of me when I, we've asked questions like, how do you feel about this? Or what the deal is with this? Or how, you know, if you had the choice, would we adopt whatever? Right. Um, yeah. And, and they're just very, um, they've, they've said, oh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, we should do that. And, you know, all the whole while yeah. I'm thinking you can't, stand the idea of another person in this house like that's not real and they're like no 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 it's good we're good and I'm like okay well good thing I asked a question and didn't go off of how you were acting because I don't get what's happening here um I'm my emotive kids I'm like oh I get you the other ones I'm like yeah. what's happening on, underneath there I don't even right. understand this okay fine um but yes yeah. I'm glad that she you know expressed that so you didn't feel like oh we're kind of you know messing with you you don't really want this I don't know right um that's she always felt like my... she had a say and yes. yeah yes yes so and has the adoption affected your marriage I mean like you and your husband it sounded like kind of were on board with everything the whole time is that correct or not I mean yeah I mean at, you know at the beginning <clears throat> you know he he saw Danny here I mean we had a lot of kids come and go um 
you know, especially mm. because, you know, I shared, cause I I've worked with the children at our church for 15 mm. years. And so we've yeah. had so many awesome, you know, we, my adopted kids is what we've always called them or my, you know, sure. second kids that have been in and out of the house. And um, anytime anybody needs anything, they're here, we go shopping all the time. We just, we have a lot of fun with all the kids in our lives. Um, okay. And, and so when Danny came in, he, he was kind of like, is this another, you know, kind of short term, take care of her, do what she needs to do. And then she goes back to her family. And, and mm. when it kind of became apparent that, oh, she doesn't have a family to go back to, mm. you know, I, I love her, you know, what if this was permanent? And, you know, that's what my husband really kind of had to think and go, okay, um, you know, let's see how this plays out. And after, you know, her being here for a few months, he was, he loved her just as much as I did. I mean, he's, Good. you know, he's like, of course we're keeping her, you know, how was yeah. that ever in question, you know? Right. Um, sure. So good. I mean, it's, yeah. it, you know, it can go different. I mean, a lot of adoptive families that I've talked to, I mean, it yeah. was sort of a, we're going to do this, not a, Hey, hi, Oh, now we have another kid. How did this, right. you know, it wasn't like, <laughs> oh, you're just here now. Um, right. yeah. So I'm glad that it wasn't, you know, this marriage situation where you kind of have right. to have a moment. He was just like, okay, well, yeah, no, I'm in. We're yeah. good. <laughs> We're exactly. We're and, I mean, I think that just speaks to, I mean, to his openness and, and his loving nature. And he's just an amazing dad. Anyway, he just makes it look effortless. Like you need to go somewhere great, get in the car, we're going and yep. you need something great. I'll go out and get it. I mean, he's so yep. easy going and, and does so good with our kids. Um, so he just, you know, naturally, you know, fell into that with Danny as well. And, um, and Danny is just, you know, again, so agreeable, so positive. She's just been such a blessing to our family that it was, it's, mm. she's just never been a burden. You know, I mean, even when we're taking her all across town to whatever doctor's appointments, she's, she's not a burden. She's grateful. She's happy to be here. She contributes, you know, mm -hmm. she's like, Hey, do you need help with whatever? I'm like, Oh my goodness, my biological kids hide in their oh, room I... so they don't have to, you right. know, vacuum or something. And right. she's like, how can I help? So yeah. Yeah. Different perspective. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> a little bit different. So, um, and I don't, yeah, I wanted to backtrack one and I don't know if our listeners have this curiosity and I don't know if you can even talk about it. So if you can't, that's fine. Um, oh. but did you ever figure out what happened with her biological mother and father, or is that not something you can divulge? No, I can. And, um, I'm, I'm glad you asked because I do kind of skip over that and, and her biological mother, I think I, I pray for her because I think she's just really, um, had a tough time and, and definitely mm. needs, um, mm. some intervention, but, um, I don't, I don't know that her biological father is anywhere around. Haven't, haven't heard anything of him. He didn't show up for court when they did the termination of parental rights. So, um, mm. I don't know about the dad, but her mother, um, actually was at her apartment when I came to take her. So mm. when, when the state came in and said, okay, we're going to be removing the child from her home, her grandmother called her mother and her mo mother came over. And mm. I did not put two and two together when I went and picked up Danny and here's this strange woman. And it never dawned on me that this was possibly her mother. Um, until finally somebody said something and had to introduce us. And I thought, oh my gosh, okay, well, here's her mother. She is alive. She is in town. Um, mm. But according to her, as I listened to her talk to the caseworker, she just cannot take care of Danny. Um, mm. And Danny actually has an older brother that lives mm. with the great grandmother, with her great grandmother in Michigan. And so, yep. you know, little by little, we've uncovered all these things that, my gosh, Danny has a brother. Um, Danny's mm -hmm. got family in Michigan and Alabama, and her mother, her biological mother is in town in Louisville. 
Mm. Um, but just, I think struggled quite a bit. Um, she went to court every time they, you know, had a, there was a, a trial. Um, it was for her mother and her grandmother to determine if either one of them were fit to take Danny into their homes. And her mother was always like, I can't, I can't take care of her. I work two jobs. Um, I think she's had, you know, um, other personal problems, things she struggled with, uh, mm-hmm. addictions and that type of thing. And so she's sure. just, she can't take her. And she, she thinks she'd be better in foster care and, you know, didn't really make that effort to try to be reunited, which made it easier for us because that was, that was great. We wanted her out of that situation anyway. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I just, yeah. And how have you had, I mean, kind of to go along with that, but have you, has Danny, have you dealt with challenging circumstances just um, with Danny personally? Um, Like, has there been trauma stuff that you've had to kind of work through with her um, or any kind of emotional up, upheavals um, with her that she's had to process through what happened to her? I don't know. You know it's, yeah, it's so funny because I think everybody assumes that she's probably dealing with some kind of, you know, emotional buildup or, or things that she's had to just kind of push away in her life. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think the state mandates therapy. And so Mm. I kid you not, Mm. I went to at least three different um, therapy sessions where it was, I get to know you with a therapist because she had to switch therapists so many times just based on location and based on different things. And so every time she'd have to recap and they would say, why are you here? Why are you not living at home? And she would go through the whole thing and she'd break down and cry a little bit. And that was it. She was ready to move on. She doesn't want to talk about that and relive that. She knows that it was not the best situation to be in. I feel like she was actively trying to get herself out of that situation Mm. by not going to school. So she doesn't Mm. want to relive that. She wants to put that behind her and move Mm. forward. So Mm. I don't know. I I hope that one of these days it just doesn't come crashing around her, but she's just, she's very resilient. She's very adaptable. And I think because of that personality, she focuses on the positive minimizes the negative and that's how she lives her life so yeah um, yeah yeah I'm not worried about it so (laughs) interesting I mean I love that and then I mean just that you're right maybe it is partially a personality thing and partially I I think it's great that you well I know the state mandated the counseling but you know to kind of um go that direction and see if she needed to work through some stuff or whatever um but but it's like, well, okay. I mean, if it pops up and we need to talk about it later, that's fine. But right now you seem like you're kind of rolling with it. Oh, right. I mean, exactly. Like, it's like, if at any point in the future, she wants to do therapy again, great. But right now, right. Huh, we don't need right it. Now you seem to be fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever. Let's keep going. Yeah. Um, so how has the adoption like affected your own walk with God? Have you kind of, um, seen him in a different way have you can you um has it has it affected your walk with God I don't know I mean I yeah I mean we've we've just we've seen God involved in so many aspects of this whole experience and I think again looking back on it um you have to realize when you pray (laughs) God Mm. hears you and God is Mm. doing something, even if it's not, well, the next day I get a clear yes, no answer. Mm. He is reacting to your prayer and the wheels are in 
motion. And I know there's a, you know, a debate, does, does prayer change things or does prayer change you? And I, I firmly believe that prayer changes things. If you bring mm. your request to God and you talk to God, especially when there's multiple people praying over a child or a situation, God hears you and he is taking action. And you may not see what he's doing until two years down the road, but you have to trust. And so you pray and you trust and you pray and you trust, even if you don't see what's happening on a daily basis. And so that was a lesson to me because I'm so impatient. I want things to happen so quickly. Um, And so this was another lesson in patience for me to just that you have to, you have to trust God. You have to let go and let God and trust that things are going to turn out, but don't stop praying along the way. Um, So great. I love that. Okay. Uh, Well, Elizabeth, if you had, I mean, kind of to wrap up, I always kind of give people this, whatever, two minutes. I I call it two minutes. I don't care if it's two or (laughs) 10, but um, if you want some, something for people to remember about what all the things we talked about, or just sort of something you've learned that you'd really like to put out there, um, what would it be? Yeah, I think the, um, the letting go and let God, I think that was, that was the big takeaway for me is, um, you know, you just sometimes have to trust that things are, are going to go according to God's plan, whether you can see it or not. That's, that's really been my, my big takeaway from this whole lesson uh, or this whole experience. (laughs) Definitely God taught me a lesson, uh, but this whole experience and, um, you know, there's, there's one more part of the story that I like to share and it's, um, it's a, it's a sad part of the story, but it's, it's also kind of just an affirmation, um, about some of the decisions we made along the way. So this past summer, um, Danny had an opportunity to go with her friend Mackenzie to Bible and beach, um, Southeast Ooh. Christian church here in Louisville does a big trip. They take hundreds of kids down to mm-hmm. Destin. Um, they do this awesome retreat. And so, um, they went, they, you know, got on a bus at five o'clock or some crazy, you know, time in the morning, get on the bus and, and, um, head down. And so, um, the Saturday that they left, you know, I hear from her, you know, hear texts and they haven't stopped to eat and they just had problems along the way. And they ran into a traffic jam, um, in Alabama, um, because of the storms that were going through. And so they were on the bus for a long time. I think they sat in traffic. They finally got to where they were going and we were just relieved. They got there safely. You know, you never know with the big youth trip. And so, oh, um, come to, yeah. so come to find out, um, on 65 heading South, um, where, where they were headed, there had been an accident, I think on 65 North, um, with some vans that were coming back from a Gulf coast, you know, Bible and beach type of trip. And, um, one of the vans, um, had a lot of fatalities with the kids mm-hmm. that were, that were on the, that were on the van. And so you hear this and you know, your heart's just breaking that it's all these young people that lost their lives. And. Um, one of the directors from the, um, from the, um, the place that was, that was impacted. Um, she had two children and her nephews, I think were on the van that she was driving and they all four lost their lives. And then there were four mm-hmm. teenagers that mm-hmm. lost their lives. And so it made national news. I think CNN covered it just this absolute tragedy. And so that's why Danny and McKenzie and the whole group were stuck in traffic. And I was like, well, thank good. You know, could have been worse. I'm glad you got there safely. So come to find out the vans that were in uh, the accident were from Tallapoosa County Girls Ranch, 
which is where Danny was going to go for foster care. So if we had continued to pursue that, and if she had gone to that ranch, she absolutely would have been on one of those vans. Um, So to me, that just that, I mean, it's tragic anyway. And then you hear that that was the ranch that was involved. I mean, we've been praying for that ranch and for those children ever since we heard they may be part of Danny's life. And even afterwards, we follow their story on Facebook and everything. And then, you know, to make that connection and hear that horrible um, accident happened. Um, again, if Danny, if we hadn't made the decision to keep her and she had gone down there, she, you know, could have lost her life or could have lost a friend or, you know, a group of friends. Cause there were a lot of, a lot of awesome young people that were lost in that, mm-hmm. in that crash. So that just, you know, again, it was kind of that affirmation that we're hearing God and we're reacting to what he's called us to do. She was not ever intended to be at that ranch. If there was ever a doubt, you, we can look back now and go, nope, we made the right decision to keep her here. Um, because we thought maybe, maybe God did plan for her to be down there. Maybe there was, you know, something would have happened to that ranch and she would have been called to be, you know, a social worker or something. We have no idea, but, um, right. I'm, I'm just glad she was not part of that. And, um, you know, God has other plans for her. She is intended to be here with us. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. anyway, just, a, again, just a horrible tragedy, but another page in her story, um, mm-hmm. to me that, you know, God saw from beginning to end, you know, where was the best place for her to be with everything considered. And, um, you know, again, we'll pray for that ranch and for all those girls. I think they're, uh, the families are, are recovering and they're doing fundraising. They've just got an awesome community down there that rallies around them. But um, I'm glad that, that Danny is not part of that. She, she hasn't had to suffer that way. Um, we can just look on and, and pray for that situation and know that she's blessed to be here and she's a blessing to our family and is all part of God's plan. I love that. Wow. That's, that's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> wow. Oh, wow. Well, anything else that you want to throw out there? I don't want to, I hate, I don't want to cut people off. This is so great. No, no, <clears> no. I, I, <laughs> there's just, there's so much. Thank you for, for letting me share and just reflect on some moments. So many just, you know, happy memories came back as, as I've talked with you this morning, Courtney, it's just mm-hmm. been awesome to relive that. And, um, you know, again, just fully feel the blessing that, um, that it is to have Danny in our lives. And, um, again, we, we weren't looking to adopt, you know, we just, we wanted what was best for this, this sweet young lady. And, you know, she's going to turn 16 <laughs> in a month and, um, you know, she's luckily, you know, been in our lives for a long time and now is permanently part of our lives. And we're just really excited about that. Yes. And what a testament to you guys just being open to whatever God is doing. You know, I think sometimes yeah. I know I do this where I think I've got a plan <laughs> and right. this is how this is going to go. And yeah. I, I, you know, just you and your husband being willing to say, well, that wasn't, I didn't see that coming, but right. I guess we'll just go with this. That sounds perfect. Right. You know, I just, I, <laughs> Anyway, that, that to me is awesome because I think there is a, a, there are some people that think, um, you know, I don't know. We all do, I guess, maybe have a, have a plan, have a thought of how it's going to be and what we're going to do and how we're going to serve God and where, you know, how people are going to come in and out of our lives or whatever. And, um, you know, to be open to it, not going the way you think, or just being willing to love the people that are right 
you know, you don't have to go to China or Liberia or yeah. Ukraine. You can, but you don't yeah. have to. Yeah. Um, you know, there are kids in your city, in your town, in your neighborhood who are in rough places. And um, I think it's just a, an idea of being willing to have your eyes open to those moments. Yes. And just well like you said. and your sister, you know, you and your sister to be like, I think there's something going on here. Let's check this out. Because it's not just international kids or it's not necessary. I mean, she wasn't even in foster care. It's, right. it's this idea of there are, <laughs> there are kids all over the place that you can, if you look, they're there yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can love them. And who knows what happens after that, as you can testify. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> who knows? Exactly. Anyway. Um, I love it. Well, Elizabeth, thank you for being, thank you for being my guest and thank you for sharing your story. I'm super excited for people to listen to this and just have another, you know, picture of how God works and who knows, you know, what he has planned for them too. So um, it's good stuff. I love it. All right. Well, we will talk again, I hope. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) You enjoy your weekend. (laughs) thank you thank you Courtney I appreciate it all right thank you for listening to this conversation from the BRB we hope you enjoyed the discussion and that it inspires you to live out your own brave story 